All right. Uh, welcome to the Bruder Podcast. My name is Keegan, and uh, episode 10, I've actually got a special guest uh, sitting here with me, uh, a gentleman by the name of uh, Dylan Shelley. Welcome, Dylan. Thank you very much, and thanks for having me on the podcast. No, my pleasure. Now, a bit of background. Uh, Dylan, do you want to let everyone know what um, what your YouTube channel does, and it might explain for people what why we've got sure. you here? Yeah, definitely. Look, um, I basically run a Formula One based news channel. Um, it's, it's it's purported to be a an unbiased, easy uh, way to get a hold of all the news in one easy place. So that's what I do. Perfect, perfect. So uh, I reached out to, um, uh, to 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 Dylan a, a few days ago. Actually, maybe a week or two ago. Time's flown, and we sort of. I, I reached out um, as a viewer of of his work and thought, you know what, it might be good to get another fellow Aussie. Uh, to chat and see, and, and, and you know, I can see what we can come up with in the world of, of, of talking F1. Yeah, exactly right. Um, yeah, it's always good to meet like minded people and get involved in um, who are just as passionate about the industry and want to really just dive deep into it. So, no, it's good. I'm glad to be here. Perfect. Cool. Well, uh, as, as you sort of mentioned before, if you if you're a watcher of um, of, of um, Dylan's current stuff, it's the idea of, of I guess, unbiased um, news. Uh, almost like a reporter, right? Is, is the way you would, your yeah. channel kind of is. So I think it's gonna be really yep. cool to 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 get your opinion on, I guess, the topics that have unfolded over the last, I don't know, chaotic. Is it three weeks now for the for the for the summer break? <laughs> yeah, yeah, summer break, three weeks. Yeah, that's it. No, it's a it's been a pretty busy summer break. Uh, not really a break for a lot of people, I can imagine. But yeah. uh, it, look, there's a lot unfolding, and you're right. Um, most of what I do is typically I leave my opinion out of it and I leave my voice out of it. Um, but it's uh, sometimes it's hard to bite your tongue. You do want to talk about things, so I'm glad you've um, you've got me on to do that. Well, let's uh, let's dive right into it. Obviously, if, if people can't tell your accent, my accent, we're from the greatest country on earth, um, where where the best driver on earth is from, Daniel Daniel Ricciardo. Well, you know, <laughs> actually, so yeah, exactly. We have to say that, right? Yeah, oh, that's no. it. So I want to get your thoughts. Obviously, um, the 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 big the big move for for Daniel. Give me your thoughts. Your run down there. Yeah, look, um, it's funny that he's done that. Look, I'm I'm uh, my honest and open thoughts about that was I'm glad he's done it. I've uh, sort of said it for the last year and a half now that I hope he goes to Renault, um, and and that's because I mean at at Red Bull he's always got that shadow over him of Max Verstappen, and they they really like. Um, they really like Max. He's the golden child, and they always treat their drivers, you know, with parity, and they, they say they do that. And I'm sure Daniel would agree with that. Um, but what this allows him to do now is do what um, you know Michael Schumacher did at Ferrari, and what uh, you know even Lewis Hamilton now has done with Mercedes. Get a works team around him, build that up from the bottom, and um, you know Renault have done a lot of good things since they've come back into the sport, and they're putting all the things in the right direction that need to need to be done, and. The results are showing that each year they've gone in, they've stepped up in the constructors' standing. So I think Daniel's uh, made the switch at the right time. Yeah, I, I I tend to agree, but you know, I think it was maybe maybe you had your finger more on the pulse, but maybe because I read into certain media outlets and just maybe assumed that he would re-sign. Or my initial thoughts were pie in the sky was Ferrari earlier on in the year, yeah. but. Then the fact that obviously him and Vettel have, have coexisted before and it didn't end too well for, for Vettel, that sort of made my mind change there. Um, do you think next year, obviously you, you like the choice that he's made, do you think that the Renault outfit is going to be a better outfit than the Red Bull outfit? 
Uh, no, I don't. I think um, it's going to still take uh, maybe till at least 2020 before we really see Renault close that gap completely. Um, it's definitely a long-term project for him and Renault. Um, and Renault are more or less on track, maybe a little bit behind where they thought they'd be now. Um, but there's too much chassis involved that the, the advantage of the top three teams have. It's, um, I mean, you look at Williams, for instance, they're using a Mercedes sh- uh, engine mm. and they're so far behind. Yeah. It's chassis such a big part in it. Do you think, though, with the, uh, the, the, the minor regulation changes next year, that that's going to remove some of the benefit for Red Bull? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Look, it's going to, well, maybe not remove the benefit for Red Bull, but it's definitely going to open up the door for teams to potentially catch on to something that another team may not have already worked out. You know, it takes away the advantage of uh, a team that's worked out the current set of regulations. So, uh, look, Red Bull, as long as Adrian Newey is at the helm, is going to be very, very uh, well adept in the aerodynamics department. Um, but, I mean, there's even talks of Adrian Newey jumping ship to Renault as well. So that would be interesting to see. Oh, that, that would be unbelievable if he did move. But do you think mm. as well, though, because obviously I think – with um with Ricardo moving to 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 Renault, I feel like it's almost taken my mind off the fact that Red Bull's going to have a Honda in, engine next year. And yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to be as bad as the McLaren and McLaren Honda days, but that was just disastrous. It it really was. Mm. Um, you're right. Uh, look, I think the Honda situation it's it's really a reliability uh, problem at the moment. Um, on pace, they're not that far if any for any um pace deficit off the renault engine mm-hmm. from what we can tell and what's being put out there but um reliability i mean you just got to look at the engine and the power unit parts that have been used this year you know double or triple their nearest um you know closest rivals as far as usage of components goes so it's still that's going to sting red bull a lot um i think christian horner said it best they were very optimistic when they signed the honda deal but um have since come out and probably seen what honda have done this year with toro rosso and readjusted their expectations and have now said that this first year with Honda at Red Bull is going to be an interim year. It's going to be a let's figure it out, let's work with what we need to do to get ourselves to a point where hopefully they can um, start being competitive on reliability as well. So I think that's quite funny because if if um, if the engine you know proves very difficult next year as we sort of expected mm-hmm. to, you've then got obviously slightly different uh, regulations with the aero. So that's why I'm kind of, I think it's going to be very interesting to see if in that sort of front mid pack, if we do see Renault drop off the top two, being out of the top three, you know, really at the moment you've got that real top three. Do you, it'd be interesting to yeah. see if they come close, if Renault and Red Bull sort of really have to fight it out. Look, there may be circuits where that's the case. Um, uh, I just see the, the gap's so big. It really is. It's, yeah. um, the, the teams, I mean, we'll touch on it later, I'm sure, mm. but you look where Force India's qualified uh, for the Grand Prix in Belgium. That's a formality. I mean, they're going to end up best of the rest anyway. Like, it's yeah. so big that it doesn't really matter. Like, it's mm. a, it's two races, two category races at this, this point in time. So, a yeah. lot of lot of work for Renault to catch up in a single season. <laughs> it's funny. We're, we're doing this uh, via via uh, Facebook video and it sort of cut out. It's, it sounded like you said it's it's racist. I was like, it, it is. It's, it's, it's like... It's, <laughs> um, so... Yeah. Look, the the Daniel Ricciardo thing's really been uh, it, it was funny because everyone sort of beat that topic to death because there was nothing else to really talk about for a couple of weeks there, but um, mm. I think Liberty Media or whoever was in charge did a really good job, and I'm sure you probably watched it. But the um, the pre race uh, uh, what do you call uh, conference? 
Did oh, yeah, yep, yep. It, it was funny. In the one room, you had Fernando Alonso, who's <laughs> just announced his retirement. I think it was Pierre Gasly, who you know he's just been yep. promoted, and then you've got Daniel mm-hmm. Ricciardo, who's obviously just made the big switch. So it was just yeah, yeah. Exactly. It was almost like. It was almost too much happening. Like when I was watching it, it actually was a bit of a fizz. I was like, oh, I was really expecting some fireworks out of this, but nothing really came from it. No, look, they get their PR mm. voices on, they get their PR face on. And, and I mean, it's hard when there's that much going on and that many people in the one room to really dive deep into one person's story and what's going mm. on. Like you sort of, they were jumping from person to person and getting a bit of a taste of what's going on. Um, but I mean, yeah, you're right. Like it was just such a busy time and it all was triggered by that Ricardo move. And I think it surprised a lot of people. I mean, it surprised me, even though I hoped he'd do it. I didn't think that's where it was going. Um, yeah, it was just a big move that set off a big chain chain reaction in the end. So, Well, speaking of, I guess, that chain reaction um, off the back of it, who do you think uh, has been the biggest beneficiary and, and who's sort of, you know, been, been pushed to the wayside? Yeah, look, that's an interesting question. I think the, the person who's probably immediately benefited most would be you'd say Pierre Gasly yeah. I mean he's he's jumped straight up to the uh the main team and that's going to be a great move for him um I'm really interested to see how that battle goes yeah. next year and how he how he compares to Verstappen but maybe someone who is less probably in the spotlight about it all now he's been pushed to the back is Brendan he Hartley. gets he gets another um, second life I was about to say he, he could very well find himself with another year under his yeah. belt um He's had a lot of pressure on his back, but now with this going down, it's where do Red Bull find their drivers to fill these seats that mm. they've now found? Um, so he he may he may end up finding himself with another year under his belt. Um, I think he's probably been hard done by uh, yeah. by a lot of the press in in his results and how he's actually performed. But you know, in Formula One, you get that, and it is high level stuff, so you do need to be performing. But he he could he could find himself as one of the biggest benefits uh, benefactors of the uh, Ricardo switch. It's um I was it's funny that you actually mentioned that because I was I was thinking along the the same lines, but it, it it's quite funny because it just shows uh, I guess people who are maybe new to following F one how cutthroat it is, and by cutthroat I mean how many how many races were we in this year? Um, he's had half a season, and mm-hmm. realistically, all the media is against him. And then piled on top of that, he hasn't had, you know, a lot of things go his way and the one percenters just haven't fallen his way. And mm-hmm. you basically, at that point, it's like your career is over. You're gone. You're this, you're that and the other. And if, yeah. and if this didn't unfold, chances are, I reckon, Toro Rosso would be looking to replace him next year. But with the shuffling, you, you know, you're not going to put two brand new drivers in, are you? Do you think that's a pretty ballsy move? Well, I mean, they've done it before. They take the risk with Toro Rosso. Mm. Well, at least they feel like they can take that risk with Toro Rosso more. But traditionally, they've also had a pretty big bank of junior drivers yeah. under their belt too to just step in at any time. And now they're finding themselves without that, or at least without drivers that have a super license that are ready to step in. Yeah. Um, and that's probably their biggest thing is where do they find that driver? So, yeah, you're right. It is cutthroat. I mean, there's 20 seats in the sport. And, you know, once you factor the politics of, only certain teams are going to take certain drivers yeah. as well. It really, really cuts down the opportunity for these guys. So you've got to step up or you know step out, sort of thing. And this is kind of related to that. And 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 I'm not. I haven't actually spoken to you about this, but um, have you by any chance been listening to any of the uh, the F1 behind the paddock uh, podcast that they've been doing? Yeah, the new podcast yeah. they've done. Yeah, a few episodes in. You yeah. know what I found fascinating? Did you by any chance uh, watch the Esteban Ocon? 
I haven't I'll seen that one yet. Time. No, I haven't. It, it's quite funny. Listen, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I should say I said watch. But yeah, listen, it's interesting <laughs> because you it gives you a real appreciation for the ties behind the scenes and who your allegiance really is with. Yes. And and obviously I knew that he was Mercedes, but I didn't know he was Mercedes Mercedes. And and they go into it in the podcast and, and a bit of a spoiler alert for you, but uh, you know, Toto Wolf is a really big mentor for him. And pretty much Toto saved his career maybe three, four years ago when he was without a seat just before going into F1. Just because his, and this is the other thing I didn't realize, but his family came from nothing, like really came from nothing. And it was, it's a, it's a really humbling aspect to see. Um, you know, particularly with what's happened with qualifying at Spa with Esteban Ocon in third. Um, to be honest, I never really cared about Esteban, but having listened to his story and the fascination of how he really got there, um, really quite brilliant and, and amazing to see, you know, that, um, you know, A, he's performing, but, you know, on to that topic now of what happens, wh- where do you think Esteban, that leaves him? Well, look, I mean, it... it Toto Wolf is uh, definitely uh, going to be have his work cut out for him to try and find a seat for Ocon at this point. Yeah. Um, uh, look, I think we all know. I mean, Ocon's even come out and said as much uh, recently that Stroll is more or less taking his seat. The other seat is tied up with Perez and the money he brings to Force India or Racing Point Force India, yeah. as they like to be called now. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, yeah, that leaves him without. Potentially a drive as soon as Monza is words actually around the paddock at yeah. the moment. So um, that'll be interesting to see what happens. But beyond that, um, I think it potentially might even hinge on Vandorn um, at McLaren. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's word that they're trying to pull some strings there and get Ocon a seat at McLaren. Um, and Science and Ocon would be a pretty handy partnership for McLaren to have, I'd imagine. But then you got to factor in what do they do with Norris? Um, yep. Who knows? Uh, look... It'll be interesting to see how all that unfolds. There's still a few things to to go, but I think Mercedes are now scrambling because they thought they'd placed Ocon at Renault for next year, and then Daniel Ricciardo came in at the 11th hour and really just took that out from under their feet. So it'd be hard hard, um, hard on the guy for him to end up without a seat next year, but there's definitely a lot to fall into place before we find out what does happen. And you might know more about this than I do, so I'm, I'm interested to see if, if you, you have any take on it. Is is Stoffel van Dorn there because someone's backing him heavily financially, or did he get there on pure talent? He was part of the McLaren, McLaren Junior program as well, um, and he's been under them for a, for a while. Um, and, yeah, he's, he's not bringing any significant financial backing that's going to save his seat. Um, so he's got a sort of prove it on merit on, on the track more than anything um so that's where it gets interesting like mm. what's he done to to justify his spot i mean is it hard because he's had some bad luck himself he's been compared to fernando all the time yeah um he's in a tricky position i really i feel for the guy because it, it's going to be tough to for the rest of the season he doesn't have long left to really mm. prove his worth and if the rumors are true there's a chance that he might be out of a seat as soon as um ocon loses his yeah. so um even that could be hard to, you know, uh, justify. Um, but, I mean, even more rumors going around, as there always mm. is, uh, talks of Norris um, stepping in uh, for the rest, remainder of the season in a few weeks too. So, who knows? It's, it's very interesting to see. And uh, on, on the other big news, I guess, you, you, you touched on it there with the Racing Point Force India. Is that what they are? R- R- RP <laughs> uh, Racing Point? Yeah. Racing Point. 
Temporarily, yeah. they are. Yeah, racing point for Cynthia. So I found it. I found it fascinating. I guess it's not a situation that we, you know, we see very often where you have a takeover or a buyout mid-season, mm-hmm. um, establish mm-hmm. a new legal entity and and whatever. And essentially, they've had to forego or give up all their world drivers point. Uh, you know, WDC points, etc. The teams had to give it up. Do the individual drivers, or do they stay with the driver? Uh, no, drivers keep their yep. points. Uh, World Constructors Championship points were uh, forfeited okay. because the team entry is a new entry, yep. so they don't have points as the as a new entry. Um, so yeah, the drivers yep. keep their points, um, and that's an interesting thing that it, uh, you raise there is the issue with engine allocation too. Do they all get new engines now for the rest of the yeah. season? And that's that was talked about quite a lot. Um, and no, they don't. They don't get a fresh set of engine allocations because according to the regulations, um, the drivers, it, it's the engine use is per driver and the uh, less drivers switch teams. Okay. Um, and that raised the whole point of, well, are they switching teams now because they're driving for a new team? So should they still get the new engines? Um, because this hasn't happened before, the regulations weren't really written for this situation. So the FIA more or less set a precedent by saying, no, they stay with the drive, uh, the, the current yeah. engine regulations for now. Uh, usage, I should say. Yeah, so that was an interesting thing that came out of it all as well. So Now, I want to yeah. get your thoughts with the whole Racing Point Force India thing. Obviously, it's probably, maybe, I don't know if you say it's a given, but next year they're going to have a different name. That makes sense. Um, they're probably mm-hmm. keeping the Force India part of it just because they've got a, a bucket load of merch to still palm off. So you need to, you know, need to have that aspect there. But let's fast forward next year and we assume that Stroll obviously mm-hmm. is going to is going to drive for him and it'd be a very you'd be pretty pissed at your old man if your old man doesn't put you in a seat in his F1 team. <laughs> yes. And then so and and we and let's just assume we have Sergio Perez there because as you said he's 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 pulling in mm-hmm. um uh, he's he's got that billionaire backer out of Mexico. So Correct. That's what's happening there. Are they, I mean, this is so unprecedented, but do you think that they're going to try, like they're going to spend more money and try and become a real front runner? Like, do you think that's what we've got on our hands here? Of someone going to try and push? Yeah, look, I think it's, um, it's definitely going to allow them to have more funds at their disposal. Uh, well, potentially anyway. I mean, we all know that Lawrence Stroll, I mean, and he's got a big consortium behind him too. Yeah. Just It wasn't just his it's money. two or three um, other billionaires, but, isn't it? There's the three or four all up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's um, there's a lot of money at their disposal. And Lawrence Stroll, is, he's a petrol head. He loves motor racing mm. and he's just passionate about it. So it's it's actually really nice and refreshing to see somebody step in with big money yeah. who really just wants to see sport uh, thrive and really just go all out. So I'd be surprised if um, their budget is as restricted as it has been over the past few years. And I'm even more interested to see what a team like Force India, who is is very, very good at stretching their dollar as far as mm. it can go, what they can do with a bigger budget. So potentially... Um, I think we'll see a more competitive Force India or whatever they're called. Yep. Um, but but I also, I'm cautious of uh, predicting superb things out of them because it's really, Formula One at the moment as the current regulations stand, uh, it's a works team sport. You've mm. really got to be a works team um, to, to be at the top. Um, uh, at the top of the yeah. top anyway so th- that's that's interesting but i think definitely they'll benefit out of having um you know, hopefully a bit more money up their sleeve 
I think um, it, it creates a unique situation for Lance, I think. He's obviously going to jump into a seat which is more competitive than the Paul Williams team. But mm. you – and I don't think – I mean, Lance might think that he's going to drive for a top, top team one day. But I don't know if I ever see that happening. But with your old man owning a team, you know, I think you're almost are – you, are you signing your life away to saying I'm always going to be in the best of the rest team? Is that what you're doing? Because your old man owns one, like – is he going to get signed? Like, let's say he performs really well. He outdrives Sergio yeah. Perez. I don't know. Let's just say that happens. Mm-hmm. He really, really performs well. But their car is only capable of coming anywhere from 10th to maybe 5th on the odd occasion, somewhere in that sort of top of the mid-pack, right? Would you call that? Call it that? How? Yeah, yeah, more or less. What's, what's his trajectory from there? I mean, do you just get stuck in that team? Uh, look, yeah, interesting point. Uh I think at least until the new set of regulations come in, uh, he's going to probably have to be resigned to say he mm. does end up going there. We, we're yeah. all assuming he will, and it's it's pretty much going to mm. happen. Um, he's probably going to have to just settle for you know more or less best of the rest or you know competitive midfield side, um, which is fine. I think he's more than happy to be doing that rather than what he's doing now. Yeah. Um, and what's more interesting is what will happen after twenty twenty one. Um, now, just recently, there's talks that the regulations are going to be pushed back two years to 2023 for the next change, oh, the next major change. Really, really? Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a bit going around about that at the moment, but nothing set in stone. Um, so let's just run off the back of 2021. Um, the whole idea is to bring in new engine suppliers mm-hmm. so that there can be some independent engine suppliers in the game. Um, which will strengthen the chances of teams that are, you know, potentially just being a customer at the moment. Yeah. They could be a de facto works team, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a sport where it is what it is and there's so much money involved, that's only going to help those teams. So if Stroll is still around at Stroll GP yeah. or whatever they want to call themselves in the in the future, um, he's only, what, 18, 19 now? I think he's 19 this year. Mm-hmm. Um in you know four or five more years, he's still going to be in his early twenties. And if he's with a team with a new independent manufacturer for engines on their sleeve, he could well find himself at the front of the grid with a good team and a and still a whole host of experience under his belt. Interesting. Well, I guess it, it's a, it's it's um it'd be interesting to see. Obviously, now with Liberty Media owning uh, owning the sport, the, mm-hmm. I mean, you probably are of the same thought, but. I definitely notice a lot of changes they've implemented right across the board, whether it's the way they're broadcasting the sport, they're trying to, I don't know, just in general, there's a, it feels more 21st century than it did before. <laughs> and and, and I'm, I'm enjoying it so far, to be honest. So overall, it's it's been pretty good and pretty interesting. But, you know, are they able to draw in a Porsche as an engine supplier or something like that? I don't know. It's going to be very interesting. But I think for the, for the sake of the sport, I, it would be nice to see. I don't want to have to wait too long for a real shake-up. Like I don't. I, I'm a, not sick of Mercedes being up there, but it would be nice <laughs> to have a Renault come through or you know McLaren. Like it, it sucks. Can you believe it? Like McLaren are nowhere, and they've been nowhere for years, and that just sucks. Yeah, yeah, it does. Mm. You're right. Um, look, a big shake-up's always nice because you never know what's going to come out of it, but you also risk what's happened at the last shakeup, and one team just gets it right from day one and dominates yeah. until the rest catch up. So it swings and roundabouts the way I see it. I mean, I love what Liberty's doing, but as far as regulations go, 
you do risk just getting a team run away from the get-go. Yeah. The longer you have the current set of regulations, the more likely you are to be competitive amongst all teams because they'll have all more or less met the maximum you can get out of that set of regulations, which we're seeing now with Ferrari and even Renault catching up now. Mm. Um, Honda's a bit behind the ball game. They came in a little later and have done some pretty strange things with their <laughs> design concepts. But um, look, I can only see these extra two years benefiting the sport um, in those two years that we have them if they extend the regulations that we've got currently. But it won't necessarily be as exciting as a massive shake-up. So I'm, I'm, in, I'm torn a little bit with that okay. because I see the benefit of both. No, I, it's actually quite valid. I hadn't thought of that, the, the, the incremental aspect over a number of years. For me, it's mm. just been so disappointing with... Um, I guess Renault, this whole time, every year, and, and, and even this week, I mean, it, it's been reported that we've got new Ferrari and Mercedes engines that have another, like, 40 horsepower each or something. Like Potentially, yeah. Yeah, and, I don't know. I just feel like, for whatever reason, I just if, if you have a really strong Renault power plant come out, not only are Renault going to be strong, but then you've also got McLaren. Like, I really want McLaren to be in the mix. Um, yeah. I mean, now without Fernando there, I actually don't care about him a whole heap. I'm not the biggest, <laughs> like I'm not the biggest Carlos Sainz supporter, to be honest. I, I mean, I don't sure. think he's that great. Um, and and if it wasn't for that very famous surname, I don't know if he'd be where he is today. It, it possibly. Mm. I mean, it's interesting you say that. I, I think um, he's got a lot to offer, to be honest. I think uh, you see him... In the season, they had side-by-side Toro Rosso with Verstappen, Mm. and he was more or less on par there. I know they had a bit of a tumultuous relationship, (laughs) but I think think the kid's got a lot lot to show, so I'm interested to see what he does with his future. Um, But yeah, you're right. Uh, It's it's tough. I'd love to see these guys really get their power units up to the standard of the top guys, but that's not going to happen unless they've got the time to catch up because there's going to come a point where Mercedes can't get any more out of their engine, more or less. Uh, Ferrari can't get much more out of their engine, and Renault will be able to still catch them. Whereas if you do a shake-up, you never know. Everyone could be on par and they'll be chasing each other. You could, but then you might just get a Mercedes situation where they run away with it and everybody's playing catch-up. So it's tough, Um, but I think people overestimate the benefit of a good power unit because... For many, many years, I mean, Mercedes have had the best power unit, but it hasn't done a great deal for Williams over the past two, um, in particular this mm-hmm. year. Um, the chassis is still such a huge part of yeah. what you do um, with the car, and if it was just a power unit race, you'd see all Ferrari engines at the front, or you'd see all yeah, Mercedes true, engines at the front. True, true. Um, and you don't see that. I mean, you're seeing the benefits that Haas and, and Sauber are getting now because they've got a better Ferrari power unit, but they're still not any closer to Red Bull. They're, they're still that step behind. Is there anything in the in the rules and regulations that basically says um, that, that that limits? Like, I mean, maybe I'm a skeptic, but is there a different engine map for a customer car? Uh, you know, engine PU. Like, is there really? Or is it is it the same engine, or is there something different? There's some special source. Yeah, look, um, that's the age-old question. I mean, as the letter of the law is stated, as far as I'm aware, customers, depending on the contracts you get, mind you, okay. but um, the current the current setup is that the customers are getting the same PU as the works team, mm-hmm. um, and, and that's that's um, that's what they say. I mean, people speculate whether or not Mercedes have something they're not offering their customers, or vice versa, but. Um, to what's being told and what we know, yeah. they are the same power units. Obviously, last season, um, Sauber had a year-old Ferrari power unit in their car. This year, they've got the current spec, um, but that was a different deal they had. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I think there's a big part in being able to integrate your power unit in the car as well, integrating that into your chassis. And that's a big part of what you see. Um, you get the best efficiency out of it. You get the best reliability out of it if you integrate it well as well. Um, uh, yeah, I think uh, McLaren had a lot of overheating issues with their Honda engine, yeah. which they just thought was the Honda engine. Um, but it turns out their chassis wasn't very kind to engines in general. Yeah. Um, and that's something that came out later. So it's very interesting to see how they all work together. Okay. Now, before we maybe wrap this one up, um, oh, maybe a miracle I might have this up before um, before the race this evening. Today is 26th of August. Uh, it's about 7 p.m. Uh, in uh, Eastern Standard Time here in Australia. The race is about 4... Is it 11 p.m. kickoff this evening? Uh, yeah, 11, 10 past yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. so... About four hours from now, but anyway, I want to get your thoughts um, ahead of time, and maybe we have some voodoo predictions here. But what, what do you think for tonight's? Yeah. What do you think for tonight's race? Well, good question. Um, look, I, th- I think I see both Force Indias falling to either <laughs> the bottom of the six, or uh, you know, depending on reliability from the other guys around them. Um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting race. I really think that the Ferraris are quite slippery, um, but Hamilton gets in clean air. That Mercedes runs well, so. Uh, I'd like to see a good race and I think we'll probably get a good race uh, but all going well uh, I mean all going off without a hitch I, I would say it's Hamilton's to be honest and I I don't know if I uh, wanted to see a runaway race I'd like to see a bit of action so uh, yeah that, that'd be my prediction Hamilton taking the win um, Vettel slotting in behind um, but I'd like to see a bit of a, a, a shake up I, I'm gonna I've just I've just pulled up in front of me now to see if there's anything um, crazy that we can expect weather wise but at the moment it's looking like it'll be uh, 15 to 16 odd degrees Celsius with with rain not arriving until later that evening so it should be a dry race yeah um, I think is it Kimmy's got four or five wins at Spa four, four. yeah in in a, in a parallel universe somewhere I, I hope that he can make it five tonight somehow some way. I'm hoping that um, I'm hoping that we see fireworks between Vettel and Hamilton, just because I like to see Vettel get worked up over over the radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which, yep. which I think would be pretty funny to see if 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 that happened. But I think yeah, if 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 it's going to be a, if it's um it's it's Hamilton, if it's a Ferrari for me, it's going to be uh, Kimi, which 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 is a bit of an outsider yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Look. Uh I feel bad for Kimmy given the qualifying he had. Like, I mean, he wasn't fueled enough in Q3 to keep his run going and he didn't get that second chance when the track started drying, which was unfortunate because, you know, more or less all weekend, he'd been there or thereabouts as the fastest driver. So, um, you know, had Ferrari have given him a little bit more fuel, then maybe he would have seen a different starting front row. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it unfolds. I mean, Kimmy's got a few cars to get past to get, you know, up against Vettel and Hamilton and... Uh, He's not had a good run at the starts of Grand Prix for a few years now as far as making up places. So that'll be interesting too. I'm, just re- I'm hoping for, um, I can't remember, was it three years ago now or two? I can't remember, but Rosberg and Hamilton. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Their little come together <laughs> in, I think, turn four and five or wherever it was. I'm mm-hmm. hoping that that's Vettel and Hamilton today. I think that would make that would spice Ooh. things up. And then you got Esteban Ocon in the lead. Can you believe it? <laughs> Can you imagine that? That would be oh, that would be amazing. I mean, uh, yeah, it really would. And, I mean, he'd have some he'd have some protection from Perez and Grosjean for a while, provided they get through mm. unscathed too. So yeah, look, I hope for an interesting race. Mm. Spa has got a lot to offer, and, and we could see a really good one. So let's hope for the best. Awesome. Well, look, maybe we wrap it up there. Just first of all, Dylan, want to say thanks for uh, coming on and and uh, doing today's uh, podcast it was really good. And I mean, pending the feedback or if uh, if 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 the if the demands there, we're we're hoping to keep something 
of some of uh, something going. We don't know what it will be or, or what's going to happen, but um, yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks for joining. No, you're welcome, and thank you very much for having me on, Keegan. It's been um, it's been good. It's new for me, and it's something I've been wanting to try for a while. Mm. And um, serendipitous, if you will, that you know you happened to call me when you did and make it happen. So yeah, no, I you know we'll see what the future holds, but yeah, it's been great. So I appreciate it, mate. No worries. Look, be sure. I mean, if you're into F1, uh, Dylan's got a much bigger following than, than we do here. So you've probably seen his channel already, but um, I'll have a link down in the description below. Uh, be sure to tune in for plenty more to come. Uh, and um, I'm sure you'll see Dylan and myself together in another podcast, hopefully soon. That's it. Thanks, mate. Thanks, guys. We'll catch you later.